0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Oakland A's baseball is just an hour away.
2: Going back is Goodwood. He will turn and watch it fly. And the A's have taken the lead. Swing
3: and a miss. Tied him up inside. A slider down and in.
1: This is the A's Total Access pregame show on A's Cast, home to Major League Baseball's number one podcast. Here is Chris Townsend.
4: And it's brought to you by Francis Ford Coppola Winery. We got a little A's baseball in the Motor City. It's the Tigers. It's the Athletics for three. And then they'll move north and take on the Blue Jays. And they're back in Toronto, which is good for the Toronto Blue Jays. Great city as the Athletics. With this road trip, very interesting because right now, six games back of the Astros in the West, two games back in the wild card game, They have 31 games left, that is it. Dave Schoenfeld from ESPN.com is gonna join us coming up in moments, and we'll talk to the voice of Summer, Ken Korak. But before we do that, let's get to the highlights. Sunday night baseball was great having ESPN in town. Uh, Not a whole lot of action, but the A's would get on the board first in the fourth inning.
3: The payoff pitch to Canna from Montgomery is on the way. Swung a chop towards short. Wade underhands the second for one. LeMayu to first in time to get Canna and the inning is over. But the A's are not sure. Bob Melvin wants to potentially check with replay. As Canna stretched as far as he could to get that foot on the base. And the A's say, yes, we want to take a look. And this shouldn't take long, it's the only game, and the answer is he's safe. And the A's get a run, and it's one-nothing. So 1-0 athletics, most of the Yankees were on the bench. They thought the inning was over. So Kenna, safe at first, gets an RBI's 44th of the year, and
4: Oakland has a 1-0 lead. And the Yankees would all have to leave the dugout and come back onto the field. But the Yankees would get their run back in the fifth.
3: Three balls and two strikes. Diekman readies and delivers. Swing and a shot toward third. And right through Chapman into left field. Around third to Sanchez. The throw home. Not in time. And we're tied at one. Unbelievable. Two errors in the inning. And one on the two time platinum blubber right through his legs. And Rizzo kept the at bat alive. He made contact. And just like that, we start all over. A's won, and the Yankees won. Now, the A's haven't
4: hit a lot of two-run shots this year. They've been dominant when it comes to, yes, solo home runs. But how about Tony Kemp in the eighth inning?
2: This was huge. Here's the pitch by Green. And Tony drills one down the right field line. If it's fair, it's got a chance. And goes! Tony Kemp, a line drive down the right field line, just inside the foul pole in the bottom of the eighth inning. And the Athletics have taken a 3-1 lead. And they're loving it at the Coliseum.
4: Oh, the home run was so big. (laughs) It was so big, and then Chafin would come in and would close it out.
2: Now yeah, the 1 0 pitch on the way Chaffin kicks here it is it's swung on a ground ball to short charging his Elvis he's got it he turns he throws and the A's have won it and what a great turnaround over the last two days for the athletics they had lost six in a row and they knock off the Yankees yesterday three two and then the electric moment in the bottom of the eighth inning today with Tony Kev's two run homer and the A's win the ball game today by the
4: final of 3 to 1. Oh, that was huge. Save the season, really. There's only 31 games left. Oh, you know, this is this is a sprint to the finish. There is no question about it. Coming up next, David Schoenfield from espn.com right here on A's Total Access, brought to you by Francis Ford Coppola Winery.
5: Some things just go together. Peanut butter and jelly. Cookies and milk. Oakland and Kaiser Permanente. This
4: is A's Total Access. Well, earlier today on A's Cast Live, David Schoenfield from ESPN stopped by to talk about the greatness that is Shohei Otani. You know, I think about the article that you just did on ESPN.com, and it was a really fun read. And when you delve into baseball history and look at some of the great years, whether you're talking about Ruth or Williams or Mantle or Steve Carlton, Pedro Martinez, and you just think of what Shohei Ohtani is in our game right now. How much fun was it to do this article? And really, how great is Shohei Ohtani?
5: Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, so I picked, you know, the greatest season from every decade, going back to Honus Wagner in 1908. Yeah, it, it's obviously, it's hard to compare Ohtani because he's doing it on both sides of the ball. If you're somebody like me who's into you know war wins above replacement on a pure valuation method analysis, his season you know maybe it's not quite up there with the best of Babe Ruth or the best of Barry Bonds. At the same time, what he's doing is is basically unprecedented. You know, Babe Ruth did it a couple years uh, back in 1918 and 1919, but he wasn't as good at both as Shohei Otani is. By the time Ruth was doing both, he was kind of just a mediocre pitcher. Um, so it's hard to compare, but no doubt, it has to be considered one of the all-time great seasons.
4: You know, when I think about Shohei as a pitcher, like we already know, you know, we were the first ones to see him, right? Like he, he showed up, he's hitting bombs in batting practice, he's throwing almost 100 miles an hour, you're like, wow, this guy is incredible, but as a pitcher, the problem is you can't rely on him on a consistent basis. So how do you value
5: that? Yeah. You know, Crystal, how many pitchers can you rely on in 2021? Yeah. You know, yeah, he's made 19 starts. He was supposed to pitch tonight, but uh, they're going to skip him because he got hit in the hand the other day while swinging. Yeah, he's not uh, out there. Gonna, he's not going to give you 32 starts and in 200 innings like a Walker Buehler is going to do for the Dodgers. But on a rate basis, he's very effective. And look, if you can get that 19 starts, so say he's healthy all of September, he gets up to 23 or 24 starts, 140 innings, you know, in this day and age, that's not too shabby, I guess. As long as you're effective, any team will take that.
4: Do you ever see a point where the Angels will go, he's far more valuable as a position player, and that it's just like he's going to play every day, and maybe he doesn't pitch? Do you ever see that happening?
5: Well, look, I guess if he keeps doing this, no. They're going to keep, keep him both ways. I guess oh, you kind of have to think what might happen. Well, obviously another pitching injury, and then they might say enough. You're too valuable as a hitter. Imagine what he could do on defense with his speed and arm. Um, He'd be an unbelievable left fielder or right fielder. Heck, he might be able to play center field. Time to move Mike Trout to left field. Um, I would love to, right? I mean, don't you think he'd be a great outfielder? He's one of the fastest players in the league. So I'd love to see him in the outfield. But um, I think as long as his arm stays healthy, he's proven he can do this. Now there comes a point where if he, you know, as he gets into his thirties, you know, maybe doing both is just too much, but for now he's young, he's in phenomenal shape. He's a baseball playing machine. I'd keep him doing both.
4: You know, we brought Mark Kotze on the program. I played against Kotze in college and when Kotze was at Cal state Fullerton, I mean, this guy's hitting over 400 and hitting bombs. And then he'd come in the ninth inning throwing 97-98 right. and close the games out. And so we brought Mark on and said, do you think there would ever be a possibility where Shoei is going to hit, he's going to DH, and then could be like a closer? And would he be more valuable? Could you do that? Mark thought, eh, I mean, I would have liked to try, but back then people weren't doing that. Uh, Do you see that kind of scenario where I just need him to come in and blow people away for one inning and he gets his four or five at-bats a game?
5: Yeah, that's a possibility. You got to figure out how's he going to warm up. Um, I guess if he's a DH, you can do that. So that kind of still precludes him playing in the field. Um, But again, I guess, you know, he's been effective enough as a starter. And frankly, I'd rather look how many innings is he going to pitch as a closer Seven, 70 innings that's about the max these days where as a starter you're going to get him up to 130 or 140 um so i think i would tend to still keep him as a starter but I get your point if he's pitching 70 high leverage innings there's a ton of value in that so yeah i could see that working too
4: being around this game the way you've been around it in your career uh, did you ever think going thumbs down to New York fans was going to work?
5: <laughs> well, you, you just missed it. The Mets rallied. They scored five runs in the bottom of the ninth just moments ago to beat the Marlins. And the winning run, Javier Baez on a hustle play, a base hit to left field. He goes first to third. The left fielder bobbles the ball. Baez with a great base running play scores beats the throw home. so Mets fans probably love him now 48 hours later right with it, with a great uh, hustle play but yeah I know that's look the only thing that I can think of off the top I the top of my head that compares is back in the day Ted Williams had a contentious relationship with Red Sox fans and he uh at least once, uh, gave them a certain uh, raised finger.
7: <laughs>
5: so we've seen this before, but I mean, yeah, in New York, you're not going to get get away with it. Mets fans were giving him the uh, the thumbs down sign today. So, but you know, Mets fan, they kind of love this in a way. So maybe maybe this will spur the Mets onto something. I don't know.
4: <laughs> yeah, it just I I, I I think about a guy signs a long term contract to be the face of the franchise. And year one's not going so hot. There's nine years left on this deal.
5: Yeah, that's a really good point. Look, Baez is a rental. He's a free agent. He's going to be somewhere else next year anyways. You're right. The pressure here, you know, long-term is on Francisco Lindor, who's going to have to win over Mets fans. And he's going to have to do with his performance, which has been way below his normal level this year. So, You know, he doesn't have enough time to turn around the season this year, but next year he better have a good year. Mets fans are really going to be on him.
4: Yeah, that could be really, really ugly. We'll have part two coming up in just a little bit. Up next, Roxy Bernstein will join us from the Coliseum right here on A's Total Access.
0: Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store for details. Restrictions apply.
4: Requires Xfinity TV service with X1.
7: Hey, A's fans. Want to get away? Southwest Airlines has you covered. Southwest Airlines offers direct flights from Oakland to Hawaii, where you can catch some rays, ride the waves, or relax on the beach. Not a Rapid Rewards member? Sign up for free today to earn points when you fly. Learn more at Southwest.com. Southwest Airlines, an official partner of the Open A's.
10: It's the Home and Auto Bundle Extrava Festa the annual year-long event where you could save big by bundling Home and Auto with Progressive. So big that we're kicking things off with fireworks! A monster truck battle! A fighter jet flyover! And it wouldn't be a party without the Home and Auto Bundle Extrava Festa dancers! Can't really hear them, but trust us, they are working it. So come for the fun and stay for the savings.
1: Only at Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle extravaganza Safe-A-Thon. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.
4: And it's brought to you by Francis Ford Coppola Winery. Roxy Bernstein with us here on A's Total Access. How are you, Roxy? Uncle Townie. I'm good. I'm good. Just sitting
0: here with the captain, the voice of summer, Michael Baird here as well. So
4: things are good. I hear you were fired up on Sunday on ESPN Radio.
0: I got a little animated, yeah. When Tony Kemp hit that home run, that would be the deciding blow late in the game. It was a significant moment. And... You know, I was a little worried that I might have a slant or a tilt on a national broadcast,
4: but it was a huge moment. So I let the emotions get the better of me. I was, I was fired up, Downey. No, it was. I mean, you think about it. You talk about saving your season. I mean, yeah. we're, we're, you're on the outside looking in with the only 31 games to play. I mean, that it was, it was a big home run. It's it,
0: it, you know, this is like this sounds like a beginning of a 30 for 30 on ESPN, but. What if I told you, before the ball game, that Bob Melvin would get nine innings of one unearned run baseball from Paul Blackburn, Yusmero Petit, Jake Diekman, Deolis Guerra, and Andrew Chafin? What if I told you that?
4: I would have game? never bet on that. <laughs> Wouldn't have bet on that.
0: No way. Well, it's funny because we were talking to the skipper before the ball game. Uh, it, I, I think it was Sunday before the game when he said. You know, we just – you're playing these Yankees. You, 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 we got lucky because we won 3-2 to two on – he was talking about Saturday. And we can't win by only scoring three runs. That just can't happen. We're not going to win that game tonight if we only score three runs. Well, what happened? They scored three runs, and they won. Because Paul Blackburn was fantastic, and it didn't necessarily start out all that promising considering he walked D.J. LeMahieu on four pitches then gave up a smash single to Judge. Oh, no, it was Stanton Hood second. But then he got out of it, kept putting up zeros, and the A's hung in there, went toe-to-toe with the Yankees, and salvaged a split from a team that had won 13 consecutive games. And by the way, Chris, so I broadcast the Field of Dreams game, you know, against the White Sox, where Tim yeah. Anderson walked them off in the, in the bottom of the ninth. That was their last loss previous to Saturday. So they ripped off 13 straight wins, then they lost Saturday and Sunday, and what's the common denominator? I called all three games. Just just floating that out there.
4: Wow. You're, you're, you're the, I'm Yankee, the Yankee killer. You're the Yankee me and Tony killer. Kemp. I love it.
0: Me and Tony Kemp, we're the Yankee
4: killers. There's not a lot of people in the history of the Yankees that can say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just, just don't tell Aaron Boone that, or Aaron Boone's probably not going to talk to me anymore.
4: So if the game like, let's say, tonight in the Motor City is a one-run game for the A's, uh, you you pitch you pitching Chafin.
0: I think it's going to come down to the matchups, right? If if you're looking at left-handed bats, for example, if it's Miguel Cabrera that's coming up in a big spot in the ninth inning, I I want a right-hander in there to pitch to Cabrera, wouldn't you?
4: I don't know. I'm I'm kind of at a point to where there's certain amount of guys that scare me. Chafin doesn't scare me. I think he can go lefty-righty. I think he's one of those, you know, I mean, you you got 31 games left. You have to make that deal. How are you going to close games out? How is that decision going to be made?
0: Well, if you look at the Tigers' lineup tonight, they have a couple of switch hitters surrounding Cabrera with the lefty Irvin pitching. But there's a run of right-handed batters outside of those switch hitters in terms of, okay, Derek Hill's leading off, then you have Jonathan Scope. Grossman and Candelario are sandwiching Cabrera with Eric Haas behind him and then another switch hitter. So I, I think that you maybe go to Sergio Romo again tonight if you get the opportunity to close it out. Um, you know, I, I I wouldn't feel that uneasy if, if Bob tried Lou Trevino again. I, I know that a lot of people, what the heck are you saying? But it... it, it uh, and I get it's tough to put him back in there, but you're going to need him at some point. And with with his stuff, and it, it was the walk that really hurt him in the ball game on Thursday, right? It wasn't, I mean, he jammed Judge who fisted that ball into right field. But I, I wouldn't be opposed to running him back out there in a spot like that, to be honest with you. Maybe I'm in the minority, I don't know.
4: Uh, Miguel Cabrera, a guy that you were with in Miami years yeah. ago. Just how happy are you for him? Because I know he turned his life around. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. And, and and I know you've known him for a long time.
0: He's one of the greatest right-handed hitters that we've seen in the game. I mean, he won a triple crown. He just went over 500 career home runs. And, look, early on in his in his career, he had some demons and, and alcohol – was a struggle for him, and he got everything under control. He's worked hard at it. He loves playing. He, you could see it on his face when he's out there on the field that I don't think anybody has more fun than Miggy when playing the game. I am thrilled for his success. Um, I would like to see him maybe go to somebody as a chance to win before the end of his career, even though he won a World Series when he was young. But I'm just a big fan of him personally and professionally. And Look, Chris – I have one baseball jersey that hangs in my office at home, and it's his. That he gave me, and he signed it for
4: me. So, yeah, I'm a little
0: biased toward Miguel Cabrera.
4: Nah, he's had, he's had a phenomenal career. Have a good broadcast, my friend. I hope so. It's never up to me, though. <laughs> well, the great Ken Korak. Coming up next, best Oakland games of all time. Number eight right here on A's Total Access. The pitch is moving up a day.
7: Antonio's animation studio needs a 3D We're designer right today. Now. What are we gonna do? Someone who's as artistic as what, they are uh, organized.
9: How are we gonna get all this done? What about what about the production schedule?
7: Indeed can help him hire great people fast.
9: I need Indeed.
7: Indeed you do. Screen for quality candidates with the skills your role needs with Indeed Assessments. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
6: You're listening to the A's
4: Total Access Show. Time now for greatest games in Oakland A's history. Here's Vince Catronio.
10: I hold that season so high from everything that I've talked and, and seen and witnessed. And, I mean, I don't know if that could ever happen again. You talk about being in first place for four innings of a 162 game season, and then going all the way to Game Five. Where you know I got little hairy there. Yeah, i mean there was something I'll never forget is when mean, the detroit tigers tipped their hats to us after they clinched like what like they they realized that they just witnessed like a, a, a movie
3: sure there have been better finishes when you're the last team standing as the athletics have accomplished four times in oakland it is simply the best feeling in the world other seasons have featured more wins in the regular year but in 54 years of A's baseball The 2012 season has to be considered as the most entertaining of all because the dramatic finish to the season has been unlike any other. Down by five games with only nine to play, the A's rallied and won the West on the last day, making October 3rd, 2012 number eight on our top 50 list of Oakland's greatest games. It was Bob Melvin's first full season at the helm after taking over in June of 2011. Rotation stalwarts Trevor Cahill and Gio Gonzalez were traded before the season, and the A's wandered through the first three months looking at a 13-game deficit in the West on June 30th. And then something happened. The final game against Texas was a chance to capture the division. A.J. Griffin was facing Ryan Dempster. Oakland swept Seattle over the weekend, including their 14th walk-off win and won Monday night to clinch the wild card and won again on Tuesday, but they wanted more. A capacity crowd of 36,067 was on hand, and Oakland jumped ahead in the bottom of the first with Brandon Moss at the plate. Here's
11: the 2-1 delivery with two on and one out. Dempster throws, and it's swung a line
2: down the right field line in the corner. Fair ball. Drew is around third to score. Sesman is going to third. They'll hold him there on a double to right by Moss, and the A's take the early lead. In the bottom of the first, it's 1-0 Athletics.
3: But Texas, champions of the American League in 2010 and 11, moved into first place in the West after only the fourth game of that season. And they weren't ready to give it up just yet. Top of the third, Adrian Beltre put the Rangers on the board. Here comes the 1-0. Slow curve, grounded left side through the hole, a base hit between Donaldson and Drew. Kinsler is home, and the game is tied at one. Beltre picks up his 102nd RBI. Griffin is beaten on the curveball, and Beltre sends it into left field. Michael Young added an RBI, two-base hit to give Texas the lead, and David Murphy followed, pushing them even farther ahead in the inning. 3-2 pitch, and here it comes. Curveball swung on, lifted into right center field, and that will get down for a hit. Cruz is home. Behind him is Young. Murphy delivers a two-run single, and the Rangers' lead is now four to one. David Murphy delivering RBI 60 and 61 on the year. And it has been a four-run uprising for Texas here in the third. Giovanni Soto chased Griffin with an RBI single, and the A's were down 5 to 1. In the bottom of the fourth, the Athletics rallied back against Dempster. Josh Reddick delivered an RBI double to make it 5-2. And after a Josh Donaldson single, Seth Smith kept the line moving and knocked Dempster out of the game. 5-2 Texas, bottom of the fourth inning. And a 2-2 pitch is on the way. Swung on lined up the middle. That's going to get down for a hit. Hamilton takes it on a bounce. Once he does, Redick is on his way across the plate. And the A's are back within two. RBI single for Seth Smith. The A's trail at 5-3. Derek Holland got two quick outs, but the A's still had traffic with two on, and Coco Crisp came to the plate. The switch hitter had only nine RBIs that season, batting right-handed, until he jumped into double figures. Smith at second, Donaldson at third. Holland stays out of the stretch. He kicks and fires and the is line. Down the right field side, heading toward the corner. Fair ball! It's right on the stripe at the 3.30 side. We are tied at five. Coco stands at second base. He claps his hands. He gives the sign, and this game starts all over again. Opposite field double, his 25th of the year. RBIs 45 and 46, and the A's have five, and Texas has five. Stephen Drew, who joined the A's late in August, drew a walk, and that brought Ioannis Cespedes to the plate. It was considered a major coup that the athletics, and not some other franchise, secured the signing of the Cuban star just as spring training was getting underway. He had a flair for the dramatic and enjoyed the spotlight. In the history of the A's, there have been incredible hits home run catches and great pitching. But this moment for Cespedes, truly to find the magic of the 2012 season, expect the unexpected. Hitters count at three and one on Cespedes. Colin readies, the lay kick, the pitch changeup, hit high in the air to center. Stays in the park for Hamilton, jogging in, still coming, looking up in the bright sky, drops it, he drops the baseball, unbelievable! Crisp is home, Drew is home, Cespedes is at second base, Josh Hamilton dropped the routine fly ball, and the A's are back in front. It's 7-5 Oakland. It would be a lead that the A's would not relinquish. Up 12-5 by the top of the ninth inning, all that was left was Grant Balfour to close it out. First on a fly out by Beltre, then Nelson Cruz came to the plate. And the two-two pitches
2: swung on in-match. Slider down and away. Cruz, K's. Two out, Michael Young coming up.
3: Then the climax to the 2012 regular season with Michael Young batting in the ninth inning.
2: Two out, ninth inning, 12 five A's, no balls and two strikes. And the pitch to Michael Young is swung on a fly ball center field. That's going to do it. Coco is under a drifting back. He's there, and he's got it. And the A's have won the West. And they've got it after trailing by five games with nine to play. drive of historic proportions
3: the A's only day in first place was the last day of the regular season a 51 25 second-half kick concluded with a six-game winning streak to give the athletics 94 wins and the AOS pennant for the first time since 2006 one of the most entertaining seasons in the history of the A's on October 3rd 2012 The season finale against the Rangers is number eight on our top 50 list of Oakland's greatest games.
4: Great stuff as always. We got more coming up next right here on A's Total Access.
7: You hear that? It's not just another sound effect. It's the sound of your life changing. Say goodbye to mediocrity and every normal phone you've had before. Unfold a whole new world with Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G and Z Fold 3 5G. Get more screens, more style, more attention. Take a break from toggling between select apps and take hands-free selfies. Take notice of everyone noticing you and show them how to live this life. Buy your Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G or Z Fold 3 5G at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier.
4: and time now for the injury report brought to you by Kaiser Permanente. Kaiser Permanente, reminding you to stay safe, stay positive, and stay healthy. Visit kp.org today. We have no injury news, but how is Bob Melvin going to handle his bullpen on this road trip?
10: Yeah, it always looks a little different when you take somebody out of the closer spot. So it moves a couple guys up and then gives somebody else an opportunity. So gara has been a guy. Puck's been a guy. Probably pitched in some Different scenarios than, than they're used to. Uh, and we'll continue to go with best matchups. Whenever you have a long run of games in a row, you don't have guys available and guys have to be ready for just about anything. I think the good thing about our pin is that, that uh, you know, we can, every one of these guys has the ability to, to pitch deep in games. It's just from week to week or, you know, day to day, depending, like I said, on availability, finding what the, the compliment is on a particular day but we have some flexibility there.
4: Yeah, who's hot and who's getting outs? that's who's going to pitch. Coming up next, David Schoenfield from ESPN will join us right here on A's Total Access, brought to you by Francis Ford Coppola Winery.
8: This is A's Total Access.
4: Well, David Schoenfeld showed up earlier today on, Schoenfeld, I should say, showed up earlier today on A's Cast Live, and we talked about the A's taking two out of four from the Yankees and splitting the series.
5: Yeah, no, that was huge. You know, the way they've been struggling to score any runs, Um, With the Yankees on that big win streak, you know, the win on Saturday, the the big win on Sunday with the Tony Kemp home run. Look, at this time of year, you feel like every win is momentum. That's probably overstating things. But um, when you win two big games like that, you just feel like it's going to lead to more big things, which we all know that's not always the case. But at least that's the feeling. That's the rush of a big win like that at this time of year.
4: Yeah, no doubt. It it felt like playoff games is what it felt like.
5: Well, that's what I love about this time of year. Maybe not if you're an Orioles fan or a Pirates fan or a Rangers fan, but, you know, for the teams that are in it, right, you feel that. The fans are really getting into the games, you know, when it's two, you know, playoff contenders going at it. It does feel like a playoff game. And this is why I love this time of year. I know – football is starting and that kind of gets a lot of the headlines across the sports world. But look, September and October are are my favorite time of the baseball calendar.
4: How do you think the Red Sox are going to finish out the
5: season? I should look at their schedule here. How many games do they have against the Orioles? (laughs) That's, that's, that's the key, right? I mean, Tampa Bay just finished. uh, I think they must've swept the Orioles. You know, they, they went 18 and one against Baltimore this year. Um, so, so that's a huge key. Let me give me a second here. I'll call up the Red Sox schedule because that's a huge part. You know, there's three other really good teams in that division, one really bad team. Um, so the remaining schedule, it, it's it's huge for a team like the Red Sox who played great in the first half, and kind of just been mediocre since the All Star break. Uh, you know, they ha- they have six games left against Baltimore. So that's probably five or six wins right there. Uh, they only have one series left against the Yankees, and they have six against Tampa, and they're done against Toronto. So it's not – they don't have too many intra-division games left. So I think that makes things a little harder for the A's, the fact that the Red Sox schedule isn't super tough down the stretch.
4: Yeah, you know, when I think about Tampa, I mean, it's it just – they are so strong. And they're so tough now the I, I'm, I'm now looking at the Red Sox schedule myself and uh, yeah, they, <laughs> they got three with the Orioles at the end of the month, but you know, it's, it, it's not going to be totally easy. Cause you got Mariners in there, you got Yankees and you got Rays multiple times. It's, it's, it's not going to be, Completely easy for for the Boston Red Sox. No, and
5: they yeah they have a road trip in September to the White Sox and the Mariners. So that's a tough one. And that's right, they play Tampa Bay right before that. They end with a road trip to Baltimore and Washington. So that's a pretty easy road trip to end the season. Two teams that are absolutely playing out the string. Can't wait to get to the golf course in the off season. Uh, it just seems like the bad teams this year are so bad that, you know, the good teams are really just starting to roll all over them. But, you know, um, you know, we overrate the schedule. It's, it's important, but it's not the, you know, the decisive matter in, in a thing like this.
4: You know, and, and that's kind of the sad thing about our game is when you just have teams that are, I mean, the players, the coaches, the manager, they're trying, but the yeah. front offices aren't trying and that's why I kind of like when we've been hearing these rumblings in the CBA. If you're going to have basically a salary cap, which we have now, where we're going to penalize you for spending a lot of money. I do like the fact of having some type of floor that forces teams to spend money to try and be competitive because, you know, like we're talking about, the Orioles are a pushover right now. That, 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 that David, that's not good for our game.
5: Yeah, like you said, it's not that the Orioles aren't playing. They're just out, man. You know, they're going to have a triple A team, basically. Yeah, and that's the issue. How do you solve that? There's there's various ways a salary floor, um, which the players would like as long as it doesn't go along with a salary cap, which, of course, the owners would also like. Uh, at the same time, you know, the, if you make a team spend more money, and they're doing it on mediocre players, that's not going to make them that much better. Uh, I don't know how to address it. I think personally, I think you need to fix the draft. Maybe it's a draft lottery. Maybe you can't pick in the top five more than one year in a row. You got to promote competitiveness. And right now what we're seeing, obviously, are is our teams trading off all their, their their older players, go young for three or four years, try to stock up in the and get competitive, but it leads to a lot of really bad baseball.
4: Yeah. And, and, and I think about, I, you know, I think about this CBA coming up, what are you hearing? And <laughs> do you think, do you think that we're going to get a deal done? Cause let's face it, there's so much money out there to be made. Why would they screw this thing up?
5: Yeah. Unfortunately, we're not hearing a whole lot, which makes you, you uh, it's a concern right um, I think it expires. I should know that I think it doesn't expire technically until December 31st or maybe it's December 1st it's December um, 1st I think yeah yeah December 1st I think you're right you know there's no way that I see a deal being finalized before then you know and a lot of the experts who know a lot more about this than me say they would not be surprised if when we get to spring training that there is a lockout, that they don't expect a resolution, um, you know, by, by, you know, late February when, when camps open. So, so that's a concern. Um, that, first owner, that first offer the owners floated a couple weeks ago with a, a reduced luxury tax threshold, I mean, that's a non-starter. There's no way the players are going to go for that, even if it did come with a, a salary floor. So it just feels like they're still a long ways apart.
4: To hear the entire interview, go to athletics.com slash A's cast. Up next, it's the Bob Melvin Show with Ken Korak right here on A's Total Access, brought to you by Francis Ford Coppola Winery.
11: Oh, oh, oh O'Reilly O'Reilly Auto Parts is here to keep your car on the road with the
8: right parts advice from our parts professionals and our free loaner tool program. Your local store has more than 80 specialty tools available for your next repair. Refundable deposit required. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about our free loaner tool program or visit oReillyauto.com. Oh, oh, oh,
5: O'Reilly
10: Auto Parts
8: This is A's total access
11: on a Tuesday in the Motor City. The A's road trip uh, begins today with the first of three of the A's and the Tigers. And Bob, what a series against the Yankees and, uh, you know, badly needed, but two great games for your ball club to get on Saturday and Sunday.
10: No doubt. Had to fight hard to get them too, as we've seen this team do in the past. You know, we they're playing on a 13 game win streak and, you know, all their best hitters seemed to be smoking hot and hitting balls out of the ballpark. And, you know, it looked like we were in, a, in for a tough time after the first two games. Next thing you know, we play two hard-fought games to come up with both of them and get a split. There are times where a split, even at home, is, feels much better than, you know, obviously getting beat three out of four or whatever. But, man, that, that felt awfully good to take those last two games.
11: What was it like down in the dugout when Tony Kemp hit that home run in the eighth?
10: Well, about as he was about as excited as the fans were, so yeah, it was, it was a big hit. You know, we've been looking for that, for that one big hit. Even if it's you know off the bat, it looked like maybe it's a double. We'll take a double right there too. But they to hit it out of the ballpark off that guy. Um, you know, just another big at bat that Tony Kemp has given us all season long.
11: What can you say about the job that Paul Blackburn did on Sunday, Bob?
10: Man, five innings and nothing. Uh, I, you know, I would take that in a heartbeat. So. You know, we were looking for two times around the lineup. We didn't want to face him a third time and and hopefully comes out and we're still close. But to come out in the fashion that he did and put together his third start in a row, especially uh, as well as he pitched against a team like that, is going to bode very well for him going forward.
11: You know, Deolius Guerra came on late in the game in a high leverage situation and pitched a great inning for you. Can you kind of give us through the progression of of how your faith in him has grown over the, the season, Bob?
10: Well, you know, originally his role was a little bit more length, but to keep us in a game, and he was very good at doing that. And his left hand, numbers against lefty has been fantastic. But he had to roll through their best righty hitters in the eighth inning of a, of a game that was tied. I mean, that's not easy to do for a guy that hasn't been there before. So, you know, once we got into the bullpen in the sixth inning, it, you know, and if we weren't going to use Lou, then there was going to be one guy pitching that, in a role that he wasn't used to. And that was, that was big D and he did a great job with it. Again, he continues to get, you know, uh, better reps and deeper in games and, and tougher spots, but seems to be, uh, doing quite well in
11: former tiger. Of course, Bob Melvin and, uh, your rookie year at 85 with the tigers. Do you remember, I don't know if you, you do or not the first time you ever set foot in tiger stadium?
10: Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it's actually against the A's, and, and I got a start, of Tim Burstus, uh, who's a Michigan State guy, and I, Kirk, Kirk Gibson was a good friend of mine, and, and I doubled off the right center field wall, and I, it was one of the most surreal moments of my career, certainly my first hit with the Tigers in Seattle, probably more so, but going into Tiger Stadium for the first time just absolutely gets your attention like you wouldn't believe, so uh, that was a really cool day, and you know we won, and it's just one of those days where you go home and you're, you're hoping it wasn't a dream.
11: Was that the day that Gibson got hit in the mouth by a pitch?
10: Got hit in the mouth, and it was blood was everywhere. He was arguing to stay in the game. He was trying to push the trainers away from him. He wanted to get it stitched up so he could stay in the game. But that was probably going to take a little bit too long, but it, it was like getting a bull out of the ring because uh, he wanted to stay in the game. But that was definitely that game, and that resonates with me as well.
11: What are your thoughts on the 2021 Tigers? They have a pretty good ball club now, don't they?
10: They do. They look a lot different than when we first saw them. Um, you know, added some of their their top prospects. Uh, you know, Miggy's back in the lineup, um, so they're a, a very dangerous team. You look at their record right now, based where it was earlier in the season. They played really good baseball. They're playing fearless. Uh, they run. They're athletic. There are a lot of challenges to playing this team.
11: All right, and that's the Bo Mel Show for today. And Chris Townsend will send things back down to you.
10: Well, quickly, a little news: Mitch
4: Moreland has been put on the IL left wrist tendonitis, and Sky Bolt has been recalled from AAA Las Vegas. I'm sure the guys will have more for you next. A's and Tigers game, one of their three games set right here on A's Cast and the A's Radio Network, and I'll talk to you after the ball game. Looking to stay up-to-date on all things A's? Head over to athletics.com slash A'sCast. That's athletics.com slash A'sCast to listen to A's baseball and full 24-7 coverage of the A's only on A'sCast. With a single click, you can stream great shows, live pre- and post-game coverage, and, of course, all the great action of the A's this season. Head to athletics.com slash A'sCast
9: today.
2: A's Cast, streaming on iHeartRadio and broadcasting locally on Bloomberg 960. KNEW Oakland and KOSF 103.7 FM HD2 San Francisco. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
0: I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.